and welcome to You've Heard It Here First, the show that helps you discover the best that Audible has to offer. I'm your host, Imriel Morgan, and I am delighted to be back. In case you missed it, in the last series of You Heard It Here First, we delve through everything from sweet family fiction to sci-fi epics, and now I'm back for more. Over the next 10 episodes, I'm going to give you my honest opinion on the dramas, podcasts, stories, and books that you can listen to on Audible. Each week, two guests will join me to share their favorite listens, and I'll also be shining a spotlight on some of the best Audible sessions. Audible Sessions is a podcast from Audible that interviews some of the authors behind your favorite books. And if that's not enough, I also want to hear from you. Make sure you stick around till the end when I'll be asking you to send in reviews of your favorite lessons, which might get featured on the show. Buckle up as we dive in to help you find your next pick here on You Heard It Here First. Our first review of this series comes from a listener with the username ARG. They've left this five-star review of Mudlarking by Lara Maiklam. Here's what they had to say. An absolute delight. I stumbled across this gem in the new releases section and listened to the sample. I was immediately hooked. Lara's reading of her own story makes both her tale and the artefacts she discovers all the more compelling. I can tell I'll be re-listening and re-reading for years to come. I've already ordered my paperback copy and I'm contemplating a move to the UK just to become a mudlark. Thanks, ARG, for that review of Mudlarking by Lara Maiklam. Each week, I'll pick a new review from Audible's website to find out what you've been obsessing over. Keep listening and maybe you'll get to hear one of your reviews too. Next, it's time to hear all about the new release I've been listening to. This is a brand new audiobook, podcast or play that is well worth checking out. This week, I've chosen a fiction book called My One True North by Millie Johnson. Millie is a Sunday Times best-selling author who's originally from Barnsley in South Yorkshire. Her book, My One True North, is a romance novel that gives the idea of star-crossed lovers an entirely new twist. Before I tell you why I really enjoyed it, let me tell you about the story. It all starts when the lives of two strangers, Laurie and Pete, collide in tragic circumstances. Pete is a fireman while Laurie works as a lawyer. Both of their lives seem to be going well until one fateful February night when they lose their partners in a car crash. Here's the moment Pete realises what's happened. An hour and a half later, he'd been checking the breathing apparatus when the fire station alarm had gone off, the persistent beep-beep calling Red Watch to arms. I hope this isn't another bleeding parrot stuck in a tree, said Jacko, who'd spent two hours the previous day trying to coax an escaped African grey down from a giant conifer. It wasn't. It was a major road traffic collision on a dual carriageway. It was carnage. A lorry driver had skidded on the wet snow, crossed the central reservation and caused a ten-vehicle pile-up. And smack in the middle of all that bashed and mangled metal was a red car with a customised black stripe, just like the one Pete's wife drove. Because... It was the one his wife drove. Wow. Struggling to cope in the aftermath, Pete and Laurie both joined the same counselling group run by a sweet lady called Molly. 
Though reluctant to join at first, they soon find happiness growing between them and with it the chance of a new life together. But in the months after the accident, both Laurie and Pete realised their relationships were not what they seemed. The book is the latest cosy romance novel from Millie Johnson. Millie's written over 20 books. Before becoming a writer, she worked in lots of jobs, as an accountant, in offices, mills, banks, exports and more. When she lost her job while pregnant, she took the opportunity to pursue her writing by becoming a professional joke writer before she wrote her first novel, The Yorkshire Pudding Club. Imagine having joke writer as a job title. You'll enjoy My One True North if you like slow reveals or if you're looking for a pretty light read that can still tug at the heartstrings. The characters are pretty well formed and you do find yourself hoping they'll find happiness. I think this is a great audiobook to listen to while you're cooking or if you want something enjoyable to listen to before bed. The narration by Colleen Prendergast is great. I enjoyed her northern accent and I thought she did a good job of differentiating between all of the different characters. The book is sweet and funny and I thought her voice fits this perfectly. That all said, I did have a couple of problems with the book. Firstly, it's really predictable. There were lots of parts where I could see the twists and turns long before they happened. You can guess what's coming before Millie takes you there, though I didn't mind too much. Although I'd sometimes work out what was going to happen, I enjoyed listening to the way Millie revealed the story. There were a couple of parts in the middle where she almost lost me, but to her credit, there were a few moments where I did actually gasp. The other aspect I wasn't sure about was the use of excerpts from a fictional local newspaper. Laurie works for the paper part-time, helping them avoid libel cases caused by their litany of mistakes. In the book, Millie features miswritten headlines and news stories a bit like this one. The Daily Trumpet would like to apologise for a feature that appeared in last Friday's edition. Miriam Pearson has been appointed as the council's new head of public relations, not pubic relations as reported. The wording underneath the photograph should have read... Miriam Pearson pictured with Will White, CEO of Private Parks, and not Private Parts. How odd was that? In the early part of the book, this helps move the story along and helped me understand why Laurie works at the paper. But the news reports have nothing to do with the central story and they can feel a bit out of place. Don't get me wrong, I thought they were funny. And I guess it's Millie flexing her joke writing muscles. But I don't think it totally works in the context of the whole book. That said, the book is definitely worth downloading. It's sweet and makes for an enjoyable listen with just enough scandal to keep it interesting. So that's My One True North by Millie Johnson. You can find it on Audible. Welcome to our hidden gem section of the show. Yes, that's right. I've scoured Audible to find a brilliant audiobook that you may have previously missed. This week, I've chosen More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroff. And the reason I picked this book? Because I'm a huge fan of hers. Her reputation is excellent and her career story is truly inspiring. More Than Enough is an autobiography narrated by Elaine and both her parents. If you're unfamiliar, Elaine was promoted to editor-in-chief at Team Vogue when she was just 29 years old. She was the second black woman and the youngest at that time to hold the title of editor-in-chief at a Condé Nast publication. News of her promotion generated headlines around the world. 
I'll just be honest and say that I loved the book because I love Elaine, which I promise isn't as superficial as it sounds. Elaine narrates the book alongside her parents and her storytelling style is personable, relatable and funny. She starts at the very beginning of her journey, covering her first love, her time at school, her parents and growing up biracial in California. It's a warm and inviting way to begin the book and her parents' narration really adds to the atmosphere and gives weight to her recollections. Although I picked this book so I could hear about her career, I have to say I really enjoyed hearing about her love life, something I didn't expect. Elaine follows her first love to college instead of realising her dream to go to Stanford. And though she excels at college, it's not long before she realises her mistake and starts to doubt herself. You can't help but connect with her. I won't spoil it, but there's another significant relationship that made me rewind a few times to really understand the red flags we can so easily overlook. The book really turns up a notch at chapter 17, New Highs, New Lows, where she details her promotion at Teen Vogue and how she really felt about it. Have a listen and you'll see what I mean. I felt like I had just entered into an alternate reality. It took me several scrolls through resounding virtual cheer squads to uncover how all of Black Twitter suddenly knew my name. Then I saw the source. Essence.com broke the story as a hashtag Black Girl Magic Alert with the headline, Elaine Welteroff named Editor-in-Chief of Teen Vogue and We All Rejoice. The story called out that I was only the second African-American ever to hold this title. My face then appeared in a Twitter moment next to this headline. Teen Vogue appoints Elaine Welteroth, youngest editor-in-chief in Condé Nast history. Within hours, that headline became national news. While I was still struggling to understand what my promotion even meant, the world was applauding me for making history. I've thought back to that moment many times and grappled with a sense of shame and even blame over how powerless I felt in what from the outside looked like the most empowered moment in my career. Even years later, it's hard to untangle one feeling from the other. I was really disappointed to hear that she experienced that, but I'm glad she shared this story. I honestly enjoyed the book from start to finish. If I had to be critical of anything, it's that I was expecting a career guide, but this was actually an autobiography in the full sense of the word. If you're looking solely for career inspiration and signposted how-to tips and tricks, this book may leave you disappointed. Having said that, I appreciated her real-life anecdotes of how she negotiated raises and promotions, how she leveraged her connections and friends to get ahead, and how she strengthened her voice to force through change at the magazines she's worked for. Elaine has called herself a frugal Fran, and despite her income increasing, she still struggles to spend money. She said when she got her first promotion as the beauty editor at Teen Vogue, she spent $3,000 on a Tom Ford medicine bag so that she could feel like a real boss. I wouldn't say no to one of those, though I don't want to spend $3,000 on it. She says she's not spent that much since. This book is the perfect read for anyone starting a new career, whether that's for the first time or if you're transitioning into something new. Or if you have an interest in the world of magazines, it gives an amazing insight. Elaine is audacious in the best possible way, so you'd be hard-pressed to come away uninspired by her story. Like what you've heard? You can find Elaine Welteroff's book, More Than Enough, by searching for it on the Audible website. 
on You Heard It Here First, I'm not the only one who'll be recommending you some audio goodness. Joining me every week will be two guests who have come to shout about something they couldn't stop listening to. First up today, we have Alex Curran. Hey, Alex. Hey. Welcome back to the show. For those who missed you last series, could you remind us what you do at Audible? I'm a production coordinator at Audible within the studios team. So I cast for dramas and audiobooks, and I also help arrange recordings which at the moment during lockdown is a lot of home recording setups and sending out equipment and stuff like that sounds fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's good to be involved in some really cool projects great can you tell us what you've picked for us so i've picked the epic drama which i had the pleasure of working on which is the sandman amazing what's that about so the sandman was a comic book written by neil gaiman and this is based on the first three comic books and it's about the sandman also known as morpheus who's played by james mcavoy who is summoned into the human realm by accident and imprisoned for decades and the audiobook mainly follows him as he escapes his imprisonment and he's on the hunt for his three elements that he always carries around with him, which is his helmet, his ruby and his sand pouch. And we sort of follow him going to like literally the depths of hell to find some of these elements. And then we move on to him fixing everything that happened during his imprisonment, which was like thousands of escaped dreams and dodgy deals and it's really really exciting and really really intense that sounds very interesting i listened to it because i was struggling to sleep and thought i'm gonna listen to this sandman (laughs) um as i struggled to go to bed at like 1am and it's pretty scary what did you love about it (laughs) i'm curious yeah the soundscape is really dramatic and it's not kind of a sort of like passive audiobook listen it really like takes you into it it's really scary at times the music can get really tense one thing I loved about that is there's so many amazing actors and really intense scenes but we also have Neil Gaiman is narrating the book to me it's kind of sounds like a friend telling me the story and he kind of gives a slight break in some of those really intense scenes and for anyone new to like DC comics especially the Sandman he'll just give a really good intro and explains a lot of what is going on which I think is like Mm -hmm. really needed unless you're like a hardcore Sandman fan fan. (laughs) Yeah. yeah did you find it to be quite cinematic at all oh completely like I was saying it really reminded me of going to see like Harry Potter for the first time in the cinema that sort of like instant music that brings you into it yeah and this is the first time so me and my boyfriend sat down and listened to it episode by episode just out loud like I've never done that with an audio drama or a podcast or a book I completely relate to that because I did the exact same thing (laughs) and I was just like laughing along eating dinner and just being completely lost in the world but I only got that once I was listening out loud when I was listening on headphones it was like a slightly different experience of me making loads of frowny faces at how scared I was. (laughs) Yeah I think it's really good played out loud and to share that sort of obviously listening and seeing other people's reactions as well. Amazing. So you mentioned James McAvoy. What did you like about him? His voice is just so epic and he really like embodied the character. And I think what's great is he recorded in isolation. So he sort of had to react to a lot of the characters. But he sounds so perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think it's chapter three. There's lots of great scenes with him and Taron Egerton 
who is like amazing in this considering that they didn't record together they like bounce off each other like their voices work so well and obviously they're reacting to what the other one had previously recorded but it works so well amazing let's have a listen suppose you must be something of mine came into your possession a leather pouch full of sand i want it back where is it that pouch well, that was years ago um yeah, uh, I bought it in a garage sale in San Francisco. I, I knew it was powerful stuff. But I never managed to get the drawstrings open. Where is it now? Oh, I haven't seen it for ages. But the odds are it's down in my mate Chaz's lockup with my stuff from Paddington and from the Notting Hill place. Let us retrieve it, then. <laughs> I hope you don't expect me to go on public transport with you dressed like that. It'd be dead embarrassing. Dream is wearing his black robe with a hem decorated with flames or screaming heads or neither. It depends on the observer. No offence. Now he's dressed in a black trench coat identical to John Constantine's grubby beige trench coat. Is this better? Hmm. Maybe I ought to introduce you to the big green bloke. Big green? Lives in a swamp. You'd like him. He hasn't got a sense of humour either. So something I actually wanted to ask you about is that for the first third or more of the book, it's quite male-dominated in terms of the voices that you hear. Did that bother you at all? It didn't bother me too much because there's so many great female narrators that are in this, especially like Kat Dennings, Miriam. There's a transgender character with Justin Vivian Bond who's in it. Joanna Lumley, like Joanna Lumley is amazing. So I think their performances come into it later on. They're just really, really like strong, powerful performances. Is there anything that listeners need to be aware of before they download this? There's some dark topics in there. There's like mention of rape. It deals with issues of mental health. There's obviously murder in there. And it does get quite dark. So I'd say it's not one for children. But I think probably like adolescents and adults, it should be fine. Yeah. But overall, you loved it. Yeah, I think it's probably like the best drama I've ever listened to. Thanks, Alex. That's okay. Thanks so much. You can find The Sad Man on Audible. And hoping to equally impress us with their pick is Tom Curry. Hello, Tom. Hi. <laughs> Tom, this is your first time joining us as you didn't get a chance to last series. So welcome. Can you tell us a bit about what you do at Audible? Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry, I abandoned you for series one. Um, so <laughs> You are forgiven. <laughs> I do a mix of things at Audible. I'm a publicist, so I look after all of our interviews and reviews for a lot of our podcasts. So I have to do an awful lot of listening for that. But then I produce shows for Audible as well. So we made a little fiction podcast last year called Hag. Oh, and... wow. Well done. We reviewed <laughs> Hag. It was excellent. Oh, amazing. And then season two of a podcast that Hannah Walker-Brown created called To The Woman. Brilliant. So what have you chosen to recommend today? It's a really weird hidden gem of a series. I really don't think very many people have listened to it, which is such a shame because it's just beautiful. It's called Pitch and mm -hmm. it's a series of these really elegant, interesting micro documentaries about music and the way that it impacts our lives in various different ways. I think the thing I like about it most is that 
you know, if somebody tells you to listen to an eight part podcast series about music, you might expect it to be a sort of artsy fartsy documentary that's very thoughtful and refined. And actually, this is much more investigative and character driven. It's really compelling. I had no idea that culture could have such a material impact on the world in all of these different ways until I listened to this series. They're all very, very different stories. Mm -hmm. So did you find that as a series that they were connected or were you quite happy that they were very different each time you jumped into it? Some of them, I guess I'm more naturally inclined to than others. If I remember rightly, they have one about cats and trying to make music <laughs> for cats, which I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, but the political stuff and the social stuff, like they have an episode about how ISIS is using music. Mm -hmm. They have an episode about how music is used to push forward its own Me Too movement during Carnival in mm -hmm. Trinidad and, and Tobago. But I think the thread that unites all of the episodes is one of the very tangible impact that music has sort of in the real world, uh, which is not something I'd thought about before. It is really interesting. And I felt moved every time I listened to a different episode and it's a very different experience as you go into the different ones. Do you think that the order of the episodes matters at all or Ooh. did you find yourself going in order and finding connections in that way? I think you can just sort of dip in and out whenever you like. I would definitely recommend starting with episodes one and two because they were they were my favourite. But um, I'm curious, Imriel, which one did you like the most? I liked the Trinidad Carnival one. Isn't it great? I'm a carnival. I wish I was a carnival baby. My cousin is a carnival baby, which is um, <laughs> a term used when a child is conceived at carnival. Um, <laughs> which it's like the most glorious time. And I am a regular at St. Kitts Carnival. So it just spoke to me on so many different levels. It's some of my favorite music is Soca and Calypso. And I just loved hearing that story and learning about the kind of feminist uprising within it. It's just incredible. Yeah, it was really, really brilliant. But I've never been to Carnival before. I mean, I've, I've been to Notting Hill, but like I've never been to a proper carnival like what's it like what's the atmosphere it is absolute carnage <laughs> in the best possible way like people are drunk there is paint there is water it is <laughs> so much fun what did you like about the carnival episode i'm curious I've never Googled this woman, but I just have such a strong mental image of what Calypso Rose looks like when you're hearing her sing. And I'm yeah. not going to try and sing, but the music <laughs> is just so vivid. It's visually vivid. And I love hearing that throughout the episode. Yeah, let's hear a clip. I entered the Calypso tent at age 15. Then my aunt talked to the tent managers and so. And they say, uh, you could sing. I say yes, and I, I sang the song. Well, to be Gonian boys, to be Gonian boys, stay in your island and rear your fowls. Jane went into the market to buy a piece of ice, and a fellow snatched the glasses from off she eyes. <laughs> and he says, my, oh, you good. We are going to call you Calypso Rose because Rose is the mother of all flowers. 
<laughs> was there anything about Pitch that you think they could improve? <laughs> I'm too reverential about this show because I love a podcast called Radio Lab, mm-hmm. and this series was executive produced by a woman called Ellen who basically created Radio Lab with Jad Abenrad, and so I feel very nervous criticizing it. But I love the hosts, and I would love to hear the reporters from the series sort of in conversation a bit more with Whitney and Alex, who are the creators of of Pitch. If I was going to change anything, I think that would be the only thing that I would change. That's quite interesting. It would be add a new dimension to it, I think, for sure. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tom. You are most welcome. Pitch is available to download from Audible now. Like what you're listening to? Leave us a rating or review on your favourite podcast app now. If you haven't realised by now, we're really showing you all that Audible has to offer, and this next segment is no exception. Audible Sessions is another podcast from the Audible team where they bring in some of your favourite authors to talk about their new releases and exciting new projects. This week, it's a clip from Greg Hurwitz. Greg is an American novelist, writer and producer. He's the New York Times number one internationally best-selling author of 21 thrillers. Greg originally spoke to host Holly Newson back in 2018. He joined her again this year to talk about the latest book in his Orphan X series, Into the Fire. I spent some time in prisons, right, which was fun, researching them and security procedures and how they function and, you know, getting locked up in cells and seeing what that felt like. And I spent some more time doing hand-to-hand some mixed martial arts fighting, by which I don't mean to imply that I'm very good at it. I just spend time getting knocked around the map by people who are because if I experience it firsthand, I can write about it and I can give the reader a front row seat to the action. And I don't have to rely on cliches and things I've read in other books and things probably that readers have read. So when I really go and do stuff and get on the front lines, I went out and shot all the guns Evan shoots in this book. Like I try to really – put myself in all those circumstances so that I can describe it in a way that's fresh, that doesn't feel like it's just a drawn conglomeration of things from other books. And in the last interview, one thing that you mentioned is that you had researched and experienced the specific pain that comes with being choked out. And I didn't ask you in what setting and circumstance you discovered the pain of being (laughs) choked out. It was in the library. (laughs) No, it was I, – I, I hired a guy who is a trainer and has done a ton of different forms of martial arts because mixed martial arts is just a combination of anything that's just the most effective street fighting. And that's what I need. I mean he's not a kung fu master. He just needs to be good at hand-to-hand combat. And so during that, some of the holds are choke holds until you tap out. And there's a way that if you're in them, it, there's a kind of specific unpleasantness that – can be described differently. And and we know all that, but if you're in it and paying attention, it's just really different. Like, you know, when you get hit in the face, face pain feels different than other kinds of pain, right? Like there's all sorts of different things. And there's all sorts of different pains that you experience in different ways when you're fighting, when you're on the receiving end of stuff. And, you know, it's important to do that. And of course I do it in a fairly safe setting. So I know that they're not going to, I'm not going to wind up paralyzed. I'm actually not sure if I should have found that as funny as I did, but I don't think I could go and be choked out for the sake of a book. So I really commend Greg for for really committing to the story, you know? Wow. 
You can find Into the Fire by Greg Howitz on Audible, where you can also find loads of his other thrilling reads, and I have no doubt they'll keep you on the edge of your seat. But before that, it's time to take a trip to our genre corner. You've heard all of my recommendations, but now it's time to hear from you. Each week, we'll be asking you to let us know about your favorite bits of audio. It can be something new you've discovered or an old favorite you keep going back to. The first recommendation of this series comes from Hasib for a memoir he's really enjoyed. Here's what he had to say. Hi, I'm Real. My name is Hasib, and I'd like to recommend Between the Starts by Sandy Tuxvik. You might know her from recently being the host of Great British Bake Off. She also hosts QI. It's a kind of memoir, and it tells lots of stories about Sandy growing up. So the premise of the book is she's getting the bus between where she lives in Dulwich to where she works in the BBC in Oxford Street. And each chapter is based on a different bus stop on the route. And you learn a little bit about the local history of that bus stop. And then she relates it to kind of a story about her own life or her own experiences. Listening to it, I kind of laughed and cried in equal measure. I'd recommend it to anyone that's interested in her and her life and but also people who are interested in maybe a little bit of history about London in particular and why things are the way they are in London. That was brilliant. I love Sandy Toxvig. I think she's absolutely fantastic. And this book sounds right up my street. Thanks, Hasib, for your honest review of Between the Stops, The View of My Life from the Top of the Number 12 Bus by Sandy Toxvig. Remember, this is your chance to get your favourite audio recommended on You Heard It Here First. You can email us and we'll read out your suggestions on the show, or we'd love to hear your voice. Send us a short clip, just like Hasib did, telling us why your favourite listen should be the next bit of audio on everybody's hit list, and you might get featured here. Just record a voice note on your phone and email it over to us on yhihf at audible.co.uk. That's the first letters of You Heard It Here First. But remember, keep this a spoiler-free zone. And sadly, that's all for this week's You Heard It Here First. What are you waiting for? Now's your chance to go and listen to some amazing audiobooks on the Audible website. And don't forget to send us your book reviews for Genre Corner. Join us in two weeks for more great recommendations. In case you missed it the first time around, the titles we mentioned in today's episode are Mudlarking by Lara Maiklam, My One True North by Millie Johnson, More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroth, Audible Original The Sandman, Audible Original Podcast Pitch, Greg Hurwitz Audible Session, And finally, Between the Stops, The View of My Life from the Top of the Number 12 Bus by Sandy Toxvig. Leave us a review if one of these titles hits the spot. You've been listening to You Heard It Here First, an Audible original produced by Content is Queen. Presented by me, Imriel Morgan, additional voices by Lazara Morgan, and featuring Alex Curran and Tom Curry. It was produced by Ellie Clifford. Original music was by Seth Bradford. For Audible, the executive producer was Holly Newson. The production executive was Hayley Nathan. And the commissioning editor was Kent DePinto. Pinto.